sermon for today. I put a title on this, How to Recognize Spirit-Filled Individuals. Sometimes we can run into situations where somebody displays themselves as something different, and it's not necessarily a true situation. So we need to know how to recognize the spirit-filled individuals. First, I'd like to look at a verse in uh, Ephesians. So turn with me to Ephesians. I'm going to take chapter 5 first, and I got another paper in here for another time to come back to Ephesians. But Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, uh, just part of it I wanted there was, but he filled, but be filled with the Spirit. When all else has been considered, we need to definitely consider the Spirit of the Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit, and ask for it to be in us and to fill us with the Spirit. Well, the next verse actually is very um, important too. So verse 19 reads, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That is just a joy, a happiness, something that fills us with, with go power when we combine those two. Or is it the Spirit of God that is going to give it to us, make us feel those things and see those things uplift us and enrich, and enrich us in um, spiritual knowledge, as well as joy, happiness, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know that verse too, probably. But that's what's going to happen if we're doing, if we be doing His will. Uh, there's a the sentence actually starts in verse 18, and I tried to find the period for it, <laughs> where it'll end, and it's down in verse 21, is where the, this, the sentence ends. So if we were to continue reading verse 20 and 21, it helps us as well. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be giving thanks always for everything that's happening and then submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. It's, it's the togetherness that fits in this as well, or it'll show the love and compassion and friendship will show because we have God's spirit in us. Those are great things to, um, to keep us on track and keep us uh, doing the Lord's will. So I could look at these other things that are on the list here. Um, the people that are spirit-filled individuals, they will worship in spirit and in truth. Okay, they will be. They will also work together in unity. When you find spirit-filled people, spirit-led people, you'll find that they wanna work in union, unity and in love with others. They will forgive each other. That's pretty special. <laughs> uh, it's pretty hard to forgive people at times or forgive the situations that caused the problems. But it's, it's for us to be part of that as well, to remember to forgive. I'll get you some verses on that. And then they walk 
in divine love or in a loving way in um, like Jesus, in Jesus' way, the way he would have done. Walk in love. And then the last one is the witness to the lost. People that are spirit-led, spirit-filled, you'll notice that they have this idea of giving away their their, um, truth, their righteousness, their understanding, uh, give away God's word, give away healing, pray for people for their healing. Uh, You'll just notice that there's something special about these people. So let's go back to the first one that I mentioned there, the the worship of the Spirit, in in the Spirit. In uh, John chapter 4, turn with me with John chapter 4. John chapter 4, and I want verse 23 and 24. Uh, 23 is right here. Jesus was talking to the woman, wasn't he? And he said, sometime you won't worship in this mountain and that mountain. And verse 23, he says, but the hour cometh and now is when true worshipers, true worshipers, shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So those short package here of words that we will worship the Heavenly Father because he's seeking those that that want to worship him in righteousness and truth, and then it says it again, to worship him in spirit and truth. Uh, I've run into people in the past that they say that they're doing things in the spirit. They want this in the spirit. They want to do that in the spirit. But they don't want truth. Ooh. They don't want truth. They don't want to hear it. Uh, they've already got it all. Or they already uh, have all they need. They don't want to study with other people. They um they, they don't think that they can learn anybody, anything from somebody else. That's, that's very wrong. There's something wrong about that. Just It's bad, bad news. They should be able to fellowship with one another so that you share the good that you have. Um, uh, one person said it's uh, two beggars sharing where they found bread. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's the way it should be. That if somebody has a, an enlightened idea on a scripture verse, why not share it with others? And to gain from others so that you can share it again, give it again. So there's something wrong if that attitude is not there. So this the spirit-filled people will not have that bondage of a form of godliness, but not doing the will of God and, and following the righteousness. They have a form of godliness. And spirit-filled Christians should worship with the anointing of God and the witness of the Holy Spirit. You should be able to tell, like I just mentioned already about, you should be able to see the fruit that the person is bearing, whether good or bad. What's the fruit? Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, and you, you know them. Um, look that up, and they should be able to display those things to us. Okay, working in unity, um, it is so easy to go the other way. A lot of people want their own way or they want to do this or they want to do that. And 
uh, pretty soon the unity is really busted down. Uh, the first verse you, you get uh, of unity is in Acts chapter 2. Kind of a, a joke can be made of these verses, but it's a way of remembering Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and uh, verse 46 and 47. Now, what kind of an automobile did the disciples ride in? No, you know that's a joke. Okay. <laughs> they rode in an accord, one accord. They were all in one accord. <laughs> so, so verse 46, and they continued daily one accord in, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house and eating their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people, all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Yes, they were doing things together, so much like they were eating together, they were fellowshipping, they were talking about things, saying, what's next, what can we do next, where are we going next, where's this church growing, um, what's happening down in such and such a city, they were trading information, breaking of bread, just eating, house to house, they visited one another, house to house. I know when I went to one city, they said, don't visit us because we're already in the church. You find other people to visit. But, you know, but I don't have any friends. I'm new here, you know. <laughs> oh, uh, that was not the right thing to say. Plus, if you visit with people and invite them to your home, then you can visit at a different level of friendship and Bible study and discussion. That, that communion is really needed. And that's what they were having here. They, they meet with gladness, they visit with happiness, telling one another what happened here, what happened there. Um, remember when um, Peter was in prison and came over and boy, they had a celebration because he was out of jail because of the miracles that happened when he got out of jail. Uh, you know, there, there was a lot of good things that you could talk about, a lot of happiness, a lot of goodness. And singleness of heart means that they, they didn't care for this thing over here or that thing over there or that business over there and that business over there and this problems that they're having over here. They had one common thing. They loved the Lord and how are we going to spread this happiness to others? That is really neat, isn't it? Praising God. Whoa. We need to think a lot more about praising God. Things that can happen. Things that are a blessing to us. Uh, we got in the car and started for church and the sky was blue in all directions. I started praising God. <laughs> I love blue sky. I guess I had too many days when it was all gray and cloudy where I was raised. And uh, it was not a funny situation to be day after day after day, especially in the fall, winter, when winter would be coming on. People found bridges and jumped from the bridges to kill themselves. They got so depressed with the cloudy weather and the awful feeling of dampness and cold and uh, just no, no joy, no happiness. And these were in favor with all people. They were doing it right. And people were saying, well, what do they got over there? They do what? What kind of church they got? What are they believing? What makes them all happy? What makes them this outlook on life? Yeah. And then uh, they added, and the Lord added, to the church daily, such as should be saved. They were witnessing and testifying. Okay. Um, 
I wanted to also look at a couple of side verses here about people that were working with the Spirit and in harmony with one to another. So I want to find Romans. Oh, yes, I wrote one above the other, but I wanted uh, uh, let's go to chapter 8, and I'm going to start in verse 4. 7 was my goal, and then I say, no, i got to have 14 as well. So let's go to Romans. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I'm going to start with verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in a... Oh, no, wait a minute now. Is that one of those verses that you have to erase out the first half of the verse? No, it's there. It's meant to be there. The righteousness of the law? Wow, you can see why I couldn't give up verse 4. I'm heading for verse 7, but I just couldn't leave verse 4 out. The righteousness of the law be fulfilled in us. We are law-abiding people. We love the law of the Lord. We do the Lord's, what God wants us to do, whatever it is, we do it. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That spirit is, uh, we need to be considering it all the time, that we have this in front of us. We have this uh, flesh that we want to get away from. We don't want to do that. We want to be close to the, in the spirit. Verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit do mind the things of the Spirit. We have to leave off some of the standard everyday life type stuff and move on to the spiritual side of things. Um, we don't mind, don't put our mind to and spend our time on the earthly things, the fleshly things. We've got to keep our minds on the spiritual things. Verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. That shows we got to stay away from that. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We want both. We really want life and live it to the full. Happiness in the Lord, have a good life and peace that goes along with it. Satan is trying to destroy every bit of peace that is around. He's throwing a monkey wrench in the gears, as I used to say does anything to stop peace. Here's verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Carnal mind cannot be subject to God's laws. It won't work. They can't do it. It just doesn't fit. So in other words, if you have somebody that says that they are spiritual but they don't want God's laws. There's something wrong in that, right? They need to read this again carefully and say, I got to get away from the carnal mind and I got to love God's laws. We, well, verse four, as well as here in verse seven. So we need to love the law of the Lord. There's Psalms that say that way. I, I love your laws. I love your ways. I'm going to do your way, but especially in the Psalms. And these people are so bad off with the uh, being against God's laws, neither indeed can be, because they're carnal. You can't put the two together. They just do not work. The law of God does not work with a carnal mind. We need to make ourselves come up to a standard, come up and get to know God really well, get to be real connected with him, to know and, and understand his blessings that are for us, 
And then we'll start finding happiness in his ways of doing things. We're happy for what he's taught us and given us to live by. So a couple more verses. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Obviously, we've got to get out of that one. We've got to do better. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. We, we need to get the spirit of God in us. Find out how to do it. Pray about it. Ask God for the spirit. Get right with God. We, we really need the spirit of God in us. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Wow. We need the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. We need the spirit of Christ. We need the spirit of God. Um, the worst one that we can get in trouble with is spirit of man. Read about that. We don't want anything. Our spirit isn't worth two cents. We need to find the Holy Spirit. We need to find the Spirit of God, the mind of God, God, Spirit of Christ, the mind of Christ. Verse 10. And if Christ be in you, we, we need it. This should not be an if. We need to get it there. And if the Spirit of Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. We've got to do righteousness. We've got to get it in us. Make it part of our way of doing things. But if the spirit of him that raised up Christ, we know that's the heavenly father, from the dead dwell in you. If it dwells in you, he that, that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by, the, by his spirit that dwells in you. There's an obvious thing. One plus one equals two. You know, we can get that. I like that one guy that was teaching about evolution and he would say something correct and then how many got that in the first try how many got that <laughs> put your hand <laughs> i think this is one of those verses yeah we got it okay verse 12 wherefore brethren we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh for if i love this you notice almost every verse has an if in it but if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, we shall live, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The story goes on a little more about the sons of God. If we can get this in our head the right way around, we're trying to get right with the Heavenly Father. And if we're led by the Spirit of God, we are sons of God. If we're sons of God, we're a somebody. We are. We're a child of the king. We have an inheritance. We have this, we have this. And we can call the father, father. Or even Abba, father. Wow. We can pray directly to him. We can be joined ears with Jesus Christ. That's, that's the next verses. Wow. You just, you hardly can stop. But I, I got to go on. Okay. <laughs> got to keep going. Okay, so that's a fantastic reading there. Uh, I'd like to do one more thing here. We'll go to uh, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And let's read the first uh, four verses. 
and get us going again on uh, being in unity one with another. And I, brethren, no, chapter 3, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. Oh, they didn't go back there in Romans and do it right. Okay, he's upset with them. I can't speak to you as spiritual. But as unto carnal, even as babes in Christ. This is a scolding verse. You're not doing what was told you first. You heard that story about the preacher, was it, that was new to the congregation and the board members had just selected him and he's going to preach. And they're all saying, well, let's see how he's going to do. So he preached the sermon and they're all kind of nodding. And yeah, he did real good. And boy, we, we made a good selection. So the next week they came back and he preached exactly the same sermon. Word for word. He said, well... He must have had a bad week, you know, unpacking and getting set up and getting the phone set up and um, just ignore it today. but see how it goes from here. Third week he preached and it was exactly the same sermon. So they said, well, we've got to talk with him. So they went and said, how come this uh, three sermons the same? Do you, do you have other sermons? And he said, oh, yeah. He said, as soon as you finish, as soon as the congregation finishes doing the first sermon, I'll move to the second one. <laughs> Oh boy, okay. Uh, that's a scolding. Are they babes? Yeah. Or are they spiritually stronger and not carnal? Verse two, I have fed you with milk, and that's a shame on you type thing, isn't it? I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are able. So they're still in that condition and he's gonna to have to raise them out of that. Actually, when you read through 1 Corinthians, you realize most of it's a scolding. They were a bad church and they had lots of problems. He really gives them scoldings. Then you get into 2 Corinthians, it's much better. He asked first, would you like me to come and visit with a stick or are you gonna have this all fixed before I get there? <laughs> And they did, so he was able to praise them. So 2 Corinthians is a whole lot better than the first one. He doesn't have to scold them so much. Verse three, are ye yet carnal? For whereas there is among you envying, strife, divisions, are ye not carnal, if that's with you? And walk as men? Are you just ordinary citizens of the country and not, not spiritual? You're not growing? We're talking about spirit-filled people. That's what we're looking for today. And we got to move above this verse. Got to get better than this. What were they complaining about in verse 4, 5, and 6? Well, I'm of Apollos. I believe he's telling us everything I need to know. Uh, don't worry about Paul and vice versa, back and forth, back and forth. He said, who, who brought you to Christ? Who taught you? First, he said, don't, don't worry about me. Just follow me only as I'm following Christ. But one waters, another one stirred the soil, Pulled out the weeds, got them sitting in the sunlight. It doesn't matter who feeds them and who waters them. It's God that gives the increase. That's what the following verses are about. So that's where we need to be in our walk. Yeah, five and six is uh, Apollos, but ministered by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. If you're got your unity, unity going and your fellowship one with the other, God can talk to anyone in the group, right? And you all get it. 
You can all share it. That's what he's getting out there. I have planted. Is that the best part of it? Apollos watered. Oh, there you go. But God gave the increase. That's the, the whole reason for doing what we're doing. If you work in harmony, there won't be resentments. There won't be fractions and divisions. and it, The work will start going, and you'll be able to see that there's harmony in the people that led by the Lord. God gets the increase. God gets the blessing. In uh, um, 4 and four and 5, yeah, we, uh, Ephesians, Ephesians 4. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. And then I want to read uh, verse 4, 5, 6, 7 to see them working together here. Uh, so Ephesians chapter 4, and I'm going to start with verse 3 and, and read on there a little bit. Now let's start at verse 1. We get the idea going here first. Uh, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. We're called into the faith. We've accepted the faith. We're walking. We need to walk worthy of it. With all lowliness and meekness, and, lo and long-suffering and forbearing one another in love, there's what we need to be doing. There's no hatred and emulation and all this heartache and pain. We need to be in forgiving one another and in love, endeavoring to keep this unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Wow, these are good words. There is one body, there's one Spirit, there's one called, uh, we're all called in one hope, of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, and above all, through all, and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of God. Well, if we understand that, that, that we've all got this measure, we need to share with each other, right? We've all got something to share, and, and it's for everyone. Everybody gets it. Okay, I want to go on to... Um, that forgiveness that I mentioned already. So let's go to um, uh, Colossians 3. Philippians, Colossians, Ephesians, Colossians, and chapter 3 and verse 13. Lo and behold, I got a piece of paper in there. <laughs> okay, chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13 and 14 is what I want to read. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Okay, you got to think a little bit. When did Jesus say that? How did it go? Verse 14, and above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Jesus said something, and that gets us down in Matthew already back, very in the beginning, the first sermon Jesus gave. What did he say about this kind of topic that we have here about forgiving one another? So let's take a look at it. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. You know, that's in the Beatitudes it's called, okay? What kind of attitude do we have? <laughs> okay. 
So chapter 6. So we're down through the sermon a little ways. Now one verse 14 and 15. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, if we need to be doing it, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Oh, right. We need to forgive others, and then when we pray and ask God to forgive us, he will. Okay, verse 14. For if ye forgive men their transgresses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So that's the blessings that can come our way if we obey what Christ gave us in, in that regard for forgiving others, and then they will forgive us. We can pass that on. It's a mindset, isn't it, that brings joy and, and a mind of happiness in the soul. Okay, I want to go to uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, this time verse 2. Chapter 5 and verse 2. And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. We are to walk in love because that's Jesus' example that he gave us. We could look up quite a few verses on Jesus' love for us and how he cared for us and was willing to die and come and die for us and obey his Father that would give us salvation. Uh, we could look for that kind of love because he loved us. With doing that, we would have, uh, if we get Christ in us, we have it implanted in us, right? Yeah, we would have that. Um, the heart of God himself would be in us through Christ. When we surrender ourselves, some people don't want to give up anything of themselves. They, they uh, rule themselves, they guide themselves, they control themselves. But no, it says that we need to surrender ourselves to the Heavenly Father, that they may be cleansed of a sinful attitude. I'm mindful of that when I pray a lot. Just when I pray, I want to be sure that I can clear the deck, clear the level, clear and level where I'm at with the Lord, get right with God, Tell them to forgive me for the, my inabilities, my lack of being as good as I should be. I know if you aim at nothing, you're bound to hit it. You know, I, you know, I got to aim at something better. Yeah. So we just need to pray that way and asking, surrender ourselves. Say, Lord, whatever it is, I want to be there. I want to be in. I want to do your will. Whatever it takes, I want to be there. That can cleanse our sinful attitudes, our hatreds, our strife, and actually fill us with the Holy Spirit so that we'd have the spirit of love. That's where we're struggling for. So I'm getting close to conclusion here. What, what do we do in the way of witnessing and testifying to the lost? Things started running wild in my mind. I had to start using the computer to find extra thoughts and some I couldn't find the easy way. I tried to find them the hard way, one verse out of 160 or something. That was a little bit hard. <laughs> but, so here we go. Uh, let's look at uh, 
Well, I, I want to do these in a little bit of order. Um, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. That's in Acts for, uh, verse 1 and verse 8. Um, that's where we're trying to get right with the Lord to be that good witness so that we can be a representative of Christ. And we're going to have to be a good witness for him and tell his story correctly and so on to witness for him. And if we're spirit-fed, spirit-led, I want to go to Romans chapter 9. Um, Romans. And further over here, chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. And one, two, three. I say then the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. This person has the Spirit in him. It's Paul writing. The Holy Ghost is in him and is witnessing to him. That I have a great heaviness Continually sorrow in my heart. Something, what, what's this? What's this? This is Paul. For I would wish that I myself were uh, accused of Christ, of my brethren, my kindred, my, um, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, pertaining to adoption. And so he said, I wished I could give myself away because I'm concerned about my brethren, my kinsmen, the countrymen. I tried to find this by using the word country, countrymen, or my country, my family, my Hebrew people. I had to leave off mine, put Hebrew. I wasn't getting there because this says kinsmen. That's family. It's your relatives. And usually you can make a list of your relatives and it doesn't help a whole lot. Jesus tried to talk to his hometown. They didn't want to hear. They didn't want to listen. Yeah. In fact, when I was in Amway for a little while, their thought was to make a list of all your friends and relatives because this is going to be your starting point to make money, right? No, they said, throw that list away and start again. <laughs> that's, that's what's here, right? You probably can't win your relatives and your kinsmen, but he's hurting for them because my brethren, he wished he could save them. The ones he studied with in school, the one he got his degrees. Have you read his resume lately? I think it's on the next page because <laughs> I ran into it last night while I was studying. But his resume where he was saying, I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews and I'm so-and-so. Uh, those people were with him in class but they were not with him in his work for the Lord. They didn't want it anymore. They weren't able to accept Christ. So we need to have this feeling that Paul had of his, his countrymen, his Hebrew brothers and sisters in the Lord, his, his family line, you know, large number of people, family, relatives, aunts and uncles and cousins, and, but they're, they're not coming to Christ. They're not learning and coming to be saved. Let's go to uh, 
chapter 11. It's just a little ways away here. Chapter 11 and verse 14. If by any means I may provoke to emulate them which are my flesh and might save some of them. Can you feel his pain? He's trying to get this across. The Gentiles are receiving it. But the Hebrews that have the blessing in the background, they know about this God. They know all the blessings of coming out of Egypt. They heard about the crossing the Jordan River, coming into the promised land. They heard all those stories. And he can't get them to, to come to emulate, to do what he's doing. Take up where, where he's at and to follow, follow Christ. My flesh, it's not working. To save some of them, just some, would be great. Verse 16, for if the fruitful be holy, the the uh, first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. He's still on the same topic, trying to get them to be concerned. And, and they, they had a holy start. Why not keep going? He's talking about the Gentiles there too. Verse 19, thou wilt say then the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. He said, let's not be haughty. They didn't join, and the branches were cut off and thrown in a pile to be burnt, and new good branches were taken, and they were grafted in. And now we're growing. We're going to produce fruit from that tree. He said, um, we are grafted in. That is where we need to be careful not to get too haughty. And you can read more about them being broken off and the severity of uh, God in that they can't just get in on roller skates. As the used to be a song that we can't get into God's blessings on roller skates. It's not that kind of a free thing. You've got to do something. First Corinthians chapter nine and verse twenty-two. Verse twenty-two. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Is this our attitude? Is this our outlook on life? We've got all these people to work on. I heard a guy that was a Christian working at a company and there was no other Christians there and he was bemoaning himself and you mean God gave you that whole company to work on? That God gave you that field to work on? It's a little different attitude, isn't it? Woe is me against, wow, look what God uh, and put in my path. You know, God trusted me with all of that. That he might save some. It's going to be difficult, but that's a job for us. That the spirit-filled people need to be concerned with. I wanted to also read in Romans chapter one again. So I'm gonna go back there right now and then I got something to tell you before I do that. Romans chapter one. Okay, since I got a, that kind of a paper, that's the last verse. <laughs> so we are to witness to people and try to win them for the Lord. Spirit-filled people will be concerned about the lost and they'll look for opportunities to witness and to testify, to win them. Look for those opportunities to witness 
to the natural uh, people, uh, it won't make sense. But you're trying to win them. Uh, they will believe they are indebted to give the gospel to others. Do, do you feel that? I, it's hard to put those into words, what you feel when you realize, I'm in. You know, I've read First John. I'm doing what it says. I'm writing the tests. I'm passing them. Like Paul said, I've run a, a great fight. I've run, run the race. I've conquered it. I've done it all. Henceforth, a crown of righteousness is for me. He, he knew he was in. He knew he'd been saved. He wasn't bragging about it. He, he knew he had done what it took. I'm saved. But have we, are we able to convince others to follow that they too could be saved? In Romans chapter 1, uh, 14 and 14, 15, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So uh, as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are at Rome also. He's adding these things up. Um, I'm going to go. I'm a debtor to you guys, the Greeks and the barbarians. I have to come and tell you these things to the wise and the foolish, but I got to come and tell you. Verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We, we, we just can't do that. We can't be ashamed. We need to be fully convinced in our own minds and willing to do whatever it takes to serve God. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. We can go save people. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Anybody in my path, they're going to hear. <laughs> so when we look at these things, we think about the uh, whose spirit, who's, which individuals. Uh, how can we recognize the spirit-filled individuals? They worship in spirit. They're true to what they believe. And they're going to stand by it and have the Holy Spirit drawing them and teaching them. They're going to work together in unity. Not one over the other. I'm... I'm I want to be called rabbi. No, Jesus said, no, no, don't do that, right? So don't look for a name tag. Just work in unity. You're all brethren, one of another, Jesus said. They are willing to forgive one another. Remember, Paul and Barnabas had a pretty bad time of it. Do you remember when they struggled? They decided not to go on the trip together, and Barnabas took John and what was it the other way around? Um, Paul took, Barn, Paul took, hmm, I'm blowing it. Uh, Luke was with them both, but, uh, and I can't find it quickly. I know where it is in the Bible, but John, John and Barnabas went together and Paul and Silas. Ah, so, okay. But uh, they separated. Paul and Barnabas separated. It looks like a bad thing. Did they have heartache that morning or got out of bed wrong or how come they argued with each other? 
Well, Paul was saying, we tried John once and he went home on his own. He left us. And Barnabas was bound determined to take him. They had some words. But you know that we look at it in our own selfish way. We look at it. How come they had a disagreement? No, actually, what's good about it? Instead of one team of missionaries going out, two went. <laughs> okay. That was a good thing. Okay. And one time I remember Peter and Paul had a hard time of it. Paul gave Peter a correction. What are you doing sitting over there? You should be over here. Yeah, he wasn't doing as well as he thought he should. He remembered the old custom instead of the new custom. But if they could forgive one another, I'm sure they did. In both cases, they forgave each other. And then they went on serving the Lord. So we have to be able to forgive and love with divine love. And what's the goal? That I might save some. Yeah. May God bless you.